T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The top stories from the KCBS Radio Newsroom. This is the All Local. Good afternoon. I'm Patty Rising. And I'm Brett Burkhardt. Here's what's happening. Supporters of Oakland's embattled police chief rallied at City Hall earlier today. He is no longer the police chief, as you know. KCBS's Raquel Maria Dillon was there. The rally opened with a prayer and the hymn known as the Black National Anthem. African-American pastors and community leaders of all races sang Armstrong's praises and listed his accomplishments as chief. They also called out Mayor Sheng Tao for acting without consulting with community members and the police commission. Oakland NAACP President Cynthia Adams says the mayor promised to meet with her, but then fired Armstrong. If you write a letter to the Oakland NAACP, and then you say that uh, you're gonna meet with us, you're gonna meet with the Oakland Police Commission before you make any decision, and at the end of the day, you didn't keep your word. Jennifer Tier says there was something fishy about how Tao fired the police chief only two months into her term. Just the way things happen, you know, and I'm not a fan of ranked choice votes. And that's how I feel our mayor got in. Tier voted for Lauren Taylor last November. At Oakland City Hall, Raquel Maria Dillon, KCBS. In San Francisco's Mission District, a small business owner and political activist has convened a group of community members to commemorate President's Day in a unique way. KCBS's Alice Wirtz has more. It started at 6 a.m. One person read from the large bound book with the official seal and a picture of the U.S. Capitol on the cover. To give Vice President Pence to prevent certification of the election at the joint session of Congress. The entire reading of the final report of the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on our nation's capital, hosted by Manny Yucatel owner and political activist of Manny's Community Cafe, Bookstore and Venue. We wanted to do it on January 6th itself, but we decided it might actually be a little bit more fitting to do it on President's Day. It'll take 16 hours to get through the 1,000 plus pages that provide every detail of the events before, during and after the insurrection of the Capitol. To kind of honor the memory of our founders with a reminder and with a deepening of our understanding of what happened um, two years ago in our nation's capital. About 30 people will be doing the reading. The event is streaming on Facebook and Twitter at Manny's Cafe. Kate Workle is from Canada. She'll be doing a reading. What else do you do on President's Day? You know, it's kind of like an appropriate way to celebrate. 
In San Francisco, Alice Wirtz, KCBS. Dozens of residents of a San Rafael mobile home park have been served eviction notices by the property's landlord. The facility houses mostly low-income people and senior citizens. KCBS's Jeffrey Schaub reports the move comes amid an ongoing legal battle between the city and the Stockton-based ownership group. A hundred yards or so away from Highway 101 sits the 45-space RV park of San Rafael. Joe Nagy has lived here for 27 years. He doesn't know what he'll do if he's evicted. It's very sad because I have nowhere else to go. Joe and his neighbors received eviction notices a day after the park's owner, Harmony Communities, lost a 9th U.S district court of appeals decision striking down their contention the park was exempt from san rafael's mobile home rent control ordinance that ruling followed a preliminary injunction imposed by a marin county superior court judge harmony had planned to raise tenants monthly rent a hundred dollars i i don't understand why they want more homeless people this man who preferred to go nameless has hired an attorney to stop the eviction well, i've lived here since 1976. 1976. Yes. So, How do you feel about this situation? I feel that this toilet park has given people with low income an opportunity to live in Marin. Harmony representatives were not immediately available for comment. In San Rafael, Jeffrey Schaub, KCBS. With more on the News Watchers, Brad. Patty, if you're in the market to buy a house, there are a number of things you should expect nowadays from the Bay Area's normally red-hot market. KCBS's Jennifer Hodges reports. According to Redfin, prices are down 5 to 10 percent compared to this same time period last year. Paul Locatelli is with EXP Realty. Some people are still putting their houses on. You know, somebody wants $3 million for a house that's probably only worth two one to two two. And that can become an issue with sellers asking too much. 10 or 15 or 20% too high, and then those properties are definitely not going to sell. Realtor Nick Marini. And they're chasing the market down. And we're seeing some of those with, you know, 100 plus days on the market. All the more reason Locatelli says to know who you're working with. Well, we're, we're back to a normal market where there has to be contingencies. You have your physical, you have your termite, you have your appraisal, you have your loan. So it's, it's a normal market. So just make sure whoever you're working with is been in the business a long time and knows what they're doing. Jennifer Hodges, KCBS. We are following the news of President Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine today to offer a powerful display of support for the country as Russia's invasion nears one full year. Biden spent about six hours in Kiev with President Vladimir Zelensky, with the two stepping out into the open in a dramatic moment when an air raid siren went off. Biden reiterates promises for more weapons to his Ukrainian counterpart amid warnings from Secretary of State Blinken and China could be providing arms to Russia. For more, we are joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Ambassador Stephen Pfeiffer, former ambassador to Ukraine, now an affiliate with the Center for International Security and Cooperation at Stanford. Thank you so much, Ambassador, for joining us. Happy to be here. How unusual and dangerous is uh, a visit from a sitting U.S. president to an active war zone, especially since the U.S. has no military presence on the ground? Yeah, this was one of the things that, uh, you know, quite frankly, the logistics of this. Uh, when I was in Kiev in 2000, we hosted a visit by uh, President Clinton, and the logistics are huge. And, of course, now you don't have an American military presence there, and the embassy is at still, I think, at less than full staffing. So this was a big deal to pull it off, but it was important. It was an important message to the Ukrainians of American support for them as they continue this war that uh, Russia has inflicted on them. Why was it important for President Biden to do it in person? 
Uh, I, I think the, he's the president. When he comes, he brings the full weight of the office. He brings really the image of the United States. And the message not only had to be heartening to Ukrainians, but my guess is it stung a bit in Moscow. Of course, Vladimir Putin is preparing to give the equivalent of his State of the Union speech tomorrow, something he postponed from late last year. And this probably doesn't go down well with some in Moscow. I was really interested just in the logistics here because the Russians were notified that uh, President Biden would be traveling to Kiev a couple of hours before his departure. Have you ever seen that happen? Is that an agreement even with states that are not friendly to the United States? You know, I, I, I haven't heard anything like this particular case, before, but there's actually been between the United States and Russia, there's a certain amount of effort to deconflict. So, for example, both countries have had military forces, American forces, very small in Syria, going back for seven or eight years now, they quickly set up a deconfliction line where Americans could talk to Russians to make sure they stayed out of each other's way. And I was once told that when our guys in Syria made the phone call, it never rang more than three times before there was an answer. There's also, I think, something similar set up between the NATO commander and his opposite number in Moscow. So if there's something they can get on the line to make sure that there's no misunderstanding, no misinterpretation, and avoid you know things that are done by mistake. So we've, we've talked about the, the optics of the visit, how important it is. Uh, it sounds like the president also pledged more weapons. There is concern that China is going to be providing more weapons to Russia. Uh, are, are you worried about potential escalation? I think that the United States and the West can provide more to the Ukrainians and avoid some of the worst fears. I mean, the, the White House has defined the two right objectives. On the one hand, they want to help Ukraine win. On the other hand, they want to avoid a situation in which there's a direct military clash between NATO and Russia. But I think as long as we do things like we don't send American or NATO troops to fight for Ukraine, and the Ukrainians have said that they will not use Western-provided weapons to strike targets in Russia itself, my guess is that stays below any line that would draw a really nasty Russian reaction. And in fact, a, a Russian scholar last week in an interview basically laid out those two points as what he saw as the red lines for the Kremlin. Interesting. Ambassador, always appreciate your time. Ambassador Stephen Pfeiffer, former ambassador to Ukraine, now an affiliate with the Center for International Security and Cooperation at Stanford. Coming off of National Caregivers Day, experts are warning the burden placed on those providing care to loved ones is only growing larger. Here's KCBS's Keith Menconi. The financial burden is steep, with many spending a large share of their income on their loved one's care and many more forced to leave their jobs because they simply don't have enough time to handle both. What's more, says Bianca Padilla, who heads an online retailer for caregivers, the vast majority of the products that they need aren't covered by insurance. So this is like incontinence supplies, wound care, nutrition, all the way to hard goods like mobility aid, safety products, etc. So it's a strain on family finances and also a strain on the labor market as more and more members of the baby boomer generation age out of work. In response, Padilla is calling for more flexibility from employers. So whether that's hybrid or completely remote or flexible time, that's really important to make sure that these caregivers can maintain in the workforce. Keith Manconi, KCBS. Avoiding potholes on your commute is a lot like playing dodgeball. 
They're everywhere on the Bay Area. Worst ever in some places like Berkeley, where KCBS's Jim Taylor is on Solano Avenue talking with neighbors who drive through them every day. And there's another one. They say that January had more potholes in Berkeley than any other month ever before. It's the worst ever. You, you drive through them occasionally? You mean, do I not see them and hit them? <laughs> That's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I occasionally do. It's such a jolt to my spine when that happens, man. Yeah. The whole car rocks. A record 130 pothole repair requests in Berkeley last month, nearly all of which city maintenance crews were able to fill, mostly with a cold mix that only lasts a couple of years. But at 50 bucks a hole, it's a lot cheaper than the million-dollar cost of repaving. Oh, God, you know, you're just adding another problem in the world to my life that, I, you know, I don't want to bother with too many problems. We're talking about climate change and gun violence, and, you know, potholes are really down on, the, on that list. Isn't it a much better way to go, then? Let's talk <laughs> potholes. It's much less disconcerting. Oh. In Berkeley. Jim Taylor, KCBS. A new analysis from Wallet Hub reveals San Francisco is the hardest working city in America. As KCBS's Raquel Maria Dillon reports, depending on how you look at it, that may not be a good thing. First of all, what exactly does it mean for a city to be hardworking? Here's Jill Gonzalez, an analyst with the personal finance website Wallet Hub. San Francisco has one of the longest work weeks in the country, well above the average 40-hour uh, you know, work week. San Francisco workers leave a lot of vacation time unused, and many have multiple jobs to make ends meet. Gonzalez says American workers work more than those in many European countries and Japan, but have the same productivity rates. There is this sense of the American dream being hard work, long work hours, and a long time doing it. You know, even things like retirement are pushed later in America than in other countries. Something to think about if you're working the holiday today. Raquel Maria Dillon, KCBS. The effort to get a handle on sex workers and teen exploitation on San Francisco's Cap Street continues. KCBS's Alice Wirtz tells us over the weekend, city employees replaced the temporary barriers between 18th and 22nd Streets in the Mission District. The original wooden metal barriers were lightweight. They proved to be ineffective in keeping traffic out. They were getting knocked over or removed. This woman who's lived here for years with her kids says what's happening on Cap Street is not isolated to one issue. If you look at fentanyl use, if you look at homelessness, I mean, a lot of those issues come down to the same thing. The cost of living is too high here. People can't make ends meet. So you got to do what you got to do. Supervisor Hillary Ronan spoke to KCBS last week. She says the heavy-duty cement barriers will be up for a month. There will be an increased attention to this area in several ways. But residents and parents who live on the block are frustrated. Um, the nighttime situation with the prostitution on our street has escalated to the point where you can't sleep. Um, there's violence out here every night, block traffic, you can't get through anyway. So it's it's extreme. In the Mission District on Cap Street, Alice Wirtz, KCBS. We have KPIX 5's Darren Peck on the line. Yeah. Darren, it, it was so gorgeous today, so sunny, so mild, and bye-bye to that. Exactly. That's one of the things that makes the next five to six days so important to pay attention to. It's going to be weather whiplash because you're going from sunny and near 70 on a great holiday weekend 
to a very different scenario. It starts tomorrow when the winds turn on, and that's just the first part of this. I'm going to get to the rest in a second. But for Tuesday, it is colder and windy. A wind advisory starts at 1 in the afternoon tomorrow, Bay Area-wide. goes until Wednesday. We could see gusts to 50 miles an hour. So, yes, the occasional down tree is possible, maybe localized power outages from that. But the bigger issue for the majority of us is it's going to feel really cold. It's going to be a wind chill effect with those. So the 70-degree daytime highs inland, forget it. Wind chill factors means it's going to be more like low to mid-50s in terms of the way it feels. That's the first part. Then on Tuesday night, through all day Friday, we have a chance of scattered showers. For the first part of that, it's not terribly widespread, and there's not much in terms of the way of rain. But on again, off again, showers from Tuesday night through Wednesday. But then Thursday into Friday, the showers will become more numerous. And you'll certainly notice a little more rain for the Thursday-Friday time period. If you add it all up from Tuesday night throughout all of Friday, it's about a half an inch. So that's not blockbuster totals. It's not like the January storms. This storm is very different from the January storms in many ways. But it's rain nonetheless. Then we get to what might be the most interesting aspect about this, and you may have already heard. There's a possibility for low-elevation snow in this pattern. Snow level, by the time we get into that uptick in showers by Wednesday through Friday is going to lower down to about a thousand feet and that includes a lot of the local bay area hills so on the extreme we could see a dusting of snow like in the east bay hills but maybe more impactful from that is bigger totals in the santa cruz mountains at higher elevations there where that could impact some of the higher communities in the santa cruz mountains and the time frame for that's going to be thursday through friday we're going to get like a half a foot of snow in places like mount hamilton you know, that's around 2,500 feet. We always make a big deal out of that when it gets a dusting of snow. Well, this could be a lot more than that. But for the majority of us, it's really just going to be kind of a novelty thing to talk about. But travel could be difficult if you're going outside the Bay Area because snow levels, this is going to be a statewide thing. The foothills in the Sierra will have a significant impact from this down to around 1,000 feet. Oh, this is, I, I love this when it, when it snows. It just makes it look so gorgeous. But is it going to stay around enough to where people could go up and enjoy it, uh, maybe break out a sled. That You know, that's, a I think, going to be a top of mind for a lot of people, depending on how this comes together. Keep in mind, it's still kind of early on this, so the details on this will adjust. But uh, I think it could be that kind of snow. Places like Mount Diablo, uh, certainly up on Mount Hamilton, uh, North Bay Mountains, although you, this kind of setup is not going to favor the North Bay Mountains as much as it will from, like, the Santa Cruz Mountains down to Big Sur, and then, of course, getting into the foothills of the Sierra. The only challenge with that is, if it does turn into that kind of a snow event, it could also be impactful enough where travel could be difficult into some of those locations. Certainly, like, if you're trying to get up Mount Diablo, you might not be even able to drive up there. It would be enough snow they'd probably have to close the road. Same thing with Mount Hamilton. And then the foothills in the Sierra could become a mess. Wow. Well, thank you for all that great information. That's KPIX 5's Darren Peck. Subscribe to the All Local wherever you get your podcasts and stream us on your smart speaker 24-7 by saying, play KCBS Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.